Welcome to Startup Hacks, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the stories and secret strategies that women entrepreneurs use to save time and money when bootstrapping and building their businesses. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina, and today I'm so excited to welcome Jamie Sekou. Jamie is the Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of Psychable, the number one trusted and comprehensive online community dedicated to connecting those in legally exploring psychedelic-assisted therapy with practitioners who can support them. Psychable is now transitioning to a telehealth platform where they connect individuals to ketamine therapy. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you, Fernanda. It's great to be here with you today. Well, it's great to have you, and I'm really excited to have this opportunity to share with our audience the incredible work that you're doing that is really kind of groundbreaking in the area of psychedelics, which is a very hot area currently. And I was wondering if we could start, however, by um, getting a little bit of your backstory and your background, where you grew up, how you got started originally um, in this area and professionally. Sure. Um, you know, for me, I've been a, a senior leader and operated a number of companies. And um, in my career, I've had the privilege of helping some of the largest companies and newest startups succeed. Um, my experience in startups span from helping build a gaming company from the ground up called Exploding Kittens. Uh, the company is known for raising nine million in 30 days off of Kickstarter, which made it the most successful campaign in the history of that platform. Um, subsequently, we launched a variety of properties, engaging content in an app that generated about eight, eight figures in revenue in the first year um, to heading up subscription companies in the food, beauty and dental space. Um, the last venture I was part of was called Shine, which was a dental subscription brand. So think Sonicare for half the price with reoccurring subscriptions of brush heads and ancillary products like lightning strips and toothpaste. Um, there was three of us. Uh, we had raised a couple million and um, had partnered with one of the largest dental manufacturers in the U.S. and was able to partner with um, pretty large brands like Rembrandt to go to market um, and uh, and really headed up our um, dental practitioner program, which really was around onboarding hundreds of dentists and hygienists across the country to, to distribute our products. Um, so on a personal level, um, to put it bluntly, uh, psychedelic medicine saved my life. Um, I grew up in, a, in poverty with a father who is incredibly abusive and an alcoholic, and that really set me on a path of dealing with depression as a lifelong issue. Um, I was, you know, subsequently placed on various forms of SSRIs that really didn't help me feel better. If anything, it made it worse. Um, at the age of nine, my, my father was taken away by the police while my mother was working four to five jobs, you know, struggling to make ends meet. Um, so as the eldest of the family, I really had to take responsibility as another parent um, in, in, in raising uh, my two younger brothers and dealing with um, the devastation that my father had left behind. So I didn't really have a childhood growing up. But one of the positive things that I took away from my childhood was that not only did it build character, it taught me at a very young age what it meant to work hard, uh, to be independent, to be an integrity and, and stay committed to the things that I committed myself to. And so I went into my adulthood with a lot of type A and overachiever tendencies, right? Always striving to be the best that I could do and constantly being one of the only youngest females in executive roles in a variety of very male dominated industries. Um, and so fast forward to around five years ago where I was an executive at a management consulting firm 
um, again, being one of the, uh, the only youngest, only female minority on the executive leadership team. After two years of that, I had um, mysterious symptoms come up for me where globs of my hair was falling out. I was waking up in the middle of nine in a puddle of sweat. I had developed brain fog where I couldn't even formulate a sentence. And so when these symptoms arose, I plummeted into the depths of depression um, where I just lost all sense of purpose to life. And um, I had up to this point spent tens of thousands of dollars seeing Western medical doctors who said that I checked out normal and I just knew something was seriously wrong. And, um, and so in a span of one week, I had two people in my life share with me how plant medicine, specifically ayahuasca, transformed their lives. And this was also at a point in my life where I've never done any drugs. I didn't even know what drugs look like. I've actually never even been drunk in my life, even to this, to this day, because of what I witnessed with my father, right? And so um, I had a really big epiphany where I realized that I really had nothing to lose at that point. So two days later, I was on a flight to Costa Rica where I sat with ayahuasca for four nights and it saved my life. And uh, not only did it save my life, it gave me a sense of purpose, which is to be in service, um, particularly in the space. And since doing ayahuasca for, for, for the first time um, for five years ago, I haven't been depressed since. And so that's my story. And, and this medicine has really helped me to the point where I realized that this is what I want to be doing and spending my life um, really dedicated towards. Um, so yeah, that's that's really, really much uh, a lot about my background and kind of what brought us here today. Well, that's an amazing story. There's a lot to unpack there. Let's, let's start with the ayahuasca because... Um, a lot of people have heard of it, mm -hmm. but I don't know that a lot of people really understand what it is. And, and certainly it would be interesting to dig a little deeper into your experience um, just to inform kind of our listeners on what is involved with taking ayahuasca and what it's known for. Yeah, to really explain it simply, um, it's basically two plants from uh, South America, specifically in the in the Amazon region, where um, this is basically two plants that were discovered as a combination by indigenous communities that are brewed together. And, and as I'm sure you understand, there are thousands of species of plants in the Amazon. So mm -hmm. it's really miraculous that these indigenous communities were able to figure out uh, the combination of these two plants. And so it's brewed into a tea form. Um, and then it has, it's a psychoactive brew and it is usually um, integrated as part of a ceremonial uh, spiritual experience uh, by these indigenous uh, communities. Um, and so you, uh, you, you participate what's called uh, in a ceremony where uh, a, a shaman presides and these shamans are, are trained. I mean, these are like generational shamans who have, you know, just it, they have a lineage around that. Right. And so um, the, sh the shaman presides over the ceremony and um, you participate in and you essentially drink this tea. And um, and it's typically about a four to six hour experience um, where you go into some really deep healing work of the things that you probably weren't even conscious of that uh, that, you know, really brings up a lot of the various traumas and, and pains that you've probably you have experienced in your life that you probably didn't even realize was still there. And when you um, completed that experience and you came back to the United States, can you talk a little bit about your personal journey as it pertains to starting your own business? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I came back from that experience and, you know, what they compare that experience to is basically um, 10 years of therapy in rolled into one week. And, <laughs> you know, so that, that's a lot. That's a lot mm -hmm. for somebody to process. Right. And so um, I was really kind of feeling my way through the dark um, for a good two years of like, uh, how do I seek support around this? How do I how, who do I talk to, you know, and, and who really understands um, this, this form of practice with the integration of psychedelic medicine and with um, someone with my background. And so it was this feeling my way through the dark where I realized like there really hasn't been a solution um, to address this problem. And so the first thing that I realized was how important it is to have somebody there to prepare you for this experience and after the experience to really help integrate you, um, to, to really help you process the experience and how do you integrate that into your day-to-day -day life so you can continue to evolve and, 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 really, and, and really be a better human being. Um, so that was, that was what really led me into, you know, really looking into the space for the past five years and really thinking how I can add value, um, and really dedicate my life to this work and, and share it with others. Um, and so that, that's how kind of, um, my, my co-founder Matt Zeman and I met, um, he also had a really transformative experience, um, particularly with, um, psilocybin also known as magic mushrooms. And, um, he experienced, um, something where, you know, his parents had passed away during college in a span of a year and, and then subsequently had had experienced other deaths in his family. And, you know, it was a wrecking experience for him. So he was able to access um, psilocybin as a form of psychedelic medicine to help him with his healing journeys. And so the more and more we were comparing notes and our thought process, it was just uncanny. And we feel really strongly that our our personal and our professional history and experience has really brought us to build something that we can really help people and make a difference. Um, and so that's, that's what brings us to, you know, really also looking at some of the really <laughs> big problems in our healthcare and our mental care system. And, and also most people don't know that there is a legal psychedelic medicine available to them today, which is ketamine. So talk to us a little bit about the formation of Psychable and how how that all came about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the first problem we <clears throat> solved with um, our MVP was really how do we provide a service to people who are curious and interested in this healing alternative with psychedelics as medicine? Um, we know that 50% of, uh, of people do not respond to uh, what's <clears throat> currently out there like antidepressants and SSRIs. And so there currently is a big problem around education and awareness. And so what we did was we made a directory for uh, that, that, that contained over 2,500 global practitioners um, who are versed in this space, who can also help support one with respect to their healing journeys and exploring these alternative therapies. As well, we created a learning se section where there, were, there are over 200 medically reviewed articles that have been written by subject matter experts. Um, and then lastly, there's also a community section where people can go to ask questions on a safe and encrypted platform and where they can also anonymize themselves because we also recognize that there are still stigmas um, very prevalent uh, in the space. 
Um, so yeah, once we had built this, um, we also realized that there really hasn't been a solution in addressing making legal psychedelics uh, accessible and delivered in a safe way. So that's that's the next problem we we are on to solving. So the first stage was, it seems like, creating a, a repository of information for that community and creating a community around those who are really interested in exploring psychedelics to address their mental health um, challenges. Yes, correct. And and also one thing I should note is that everything on the site is legal. So you mm -hmm. you know we recognize that there are, there are forms of psychedelic medicines like ayahuasca, ibogaine, magic mushrooms, which is still not legal. So you cannot go on our platform to procure these medicines. Um, what you can do is go on these platforms to seek therapists, coaches, guides who can help integrate you from these experiences, sit with you and help prepare you for these experiences. And are some of those um, therapists and coaches, uh, well, specifically the therapists, traditional mental health therapists, or are they specialized at all in this area? Yeah, so it it, it, it runs the spectrum. You have um, what we call uh, licensed and unlicensed practitioners. So the licensed practitioners are your Western trained uh, therapists and coaches that have gone through programs um, in our Western system and the unlicensed practitioners who um, haven't really gone to get a, they're on the path of licensure, but they have been in various forms of training and programs um, that, you know, they could look like them going and training and apprenticing under different shamans um, in various indigenous communities and really bring that knowledge to um, helping their clients. So it, it runs the gamut. And I think it's important to address also that our belief is that there's not a one size fits all solution to healing. Um, our belief is that there every each individual has their own truth and intelligence on how to best heal themselves. And so what we want to do is really provide them a repository of information and resources and people who can um, help support them through through their journeys and their paths. So each of the listing actually goes really deep into the backgrounds of each practitioners. It talks through um, what their background is, all the way to what kind of training they received, whether whether it's in um, the Western or the indigenous context. It also goes into cultural nuances because that also is so important when doing this type of work. Um, does this practitioner actually understand, um, you know, culturally what this potential client has uh, experienced and and also what do they bring to the table as it relates to um, really helping them, uh, really building that bridge between uh, what, what their upbringing in a certain culture to the, the Western context. And, and now you're expanding those services to more of a telehealth um, platform. Is that true? Yes, that's correct. And with only one specific treatment, which is using ketamine. Yes. Uh, most, most Americans don't know that ketamine is actually legal in all 50 states today. And um, ketamine combined with therapy is an effective option to addressing ailments such as depression, PTSD, anxiety, and also for those who want to optimize in their lives. And so, so talk to us now about this later stage. And, so, and you're out raising capital now to build this out? 
Yes, that's correct. Yeah, we are in the next stages of raising a couple million uh, to build this telehealth component out to deliver legal psychedelics to the comforts of people's homes and also matching them with therapists and practitioners who can support them uh, while they do this um, while they do this type of therapy. And so some of the problems that we're seeing out there is uh, around three three tenants. Millions of people need another option to heal and to thrive. The second one is thousands of practitioners cannot connect with those in need. Um, you know, I'm currently also per per pursuing my master's degree in psychology, specifically focused on psychedelic assisted therapy at the California Institute of Integral Studies. So being in therapy school, I can tell, you know, with my colleagues, they're really great healers. However, they don't necessarily have a, a level of business acumen. So how can we connect these practitioners with the millions of people that are that are in need? And then the last tenant is around um, ketamine as an F as an FDA approved option for treatment resistant depression is it's under advertised, it's overpriced and, and it's inconsistently delivered. Got it. And you've now, when did you start your, your company? Was it a couple of years ago? How, how long have you been up and running? Yeah. So um, Matt, my co-founder, I um, had our our conversation around what the big vision of uh, Psychable was um, actually the beginning of this year. And in February, we um, had secured our first round of funding. And then uh, the following week, we had onboarded uh, 62 members to the company. And then the following week on March 1st, we started our eight-week sprint um, and launched the company, uh, the, the platform, Psychable.com, on April 19th. Um, wow. so that's, that's how, that's how the timeline played out for us. So you're a COVID baby. <laughs> we are a COVID baby and we, our whole team is a hundred percent remote. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, um, startup hacks and specifically given that you were obviously, um, you know, successful professional, you've worked in some major companies at the startup stage. So you've been through that before. Mm -hmm. And in launching your company, in particular during COVID, what were some of the startup hacks that you as a you as a person, but also as the company kind of leaned into to really maximize your dollars? Because obviously, whether you're bootstrapping or whether you get investment, it's always about maximizing that and um, stretching those dollars as best you can. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think first and foremost, I would start off with recommending uh, two books, one called Get a Grip and the other called Traction, both by the same author, um, Gino Wickman. Um, he talks about um, the what's called the EOS system. And um, and it really talks through, you know, starting with the right values all the way to strategy and implementation. So I'll, I'll kind of walk you through that. So starting with the right values for us was having the right understanding, right? So for our team, it was my purpose is to help people heal and to explore by connecting them with practitioners who can support them. The next is right speech. The language I use is appropriate, accurate, and not intended to harm and the right view, I look at things without ego, I do not know all the answers. And the last one is the right efforts and actions. My efforts and actions are to further the company's mission. Um, so really looking at the values as um, the DNA um, really helped us then define the vision and what we were looking at um, in terms of what were the biggest problems to solve. 
And so now the leaders, the leadership really embodying the vision, excuse me, the, the values, then defining the vision, and then defining what our company mission is, um, which then led us to defining what, what the company's goals are. And then that really helped informed us in hiring the right people who really embody the values that we set forth. Um, subsequently, we split everyone into teams and made scorecards for each of them. Um, we combined each of the scorecards into one document to promote full transparency across the team. And that's really um, what enabled everyone um, to know what ev anyone was doing at any given time. And this is especially important when you're, you're working as a 100% remote team, right? So yeah. um, we divided each individual into teams that, that consisted of a content team, design, video, legal, PR research, and the web tech team. Um, and then we also, within the team, defined who was the team lead. And then each week, we would have stand-up meetings with each of the team leads, and then also with each respective team so that there was just full transparency and each member of the team didn't feel disconnected to the leadership that they felt that they always had access to us and had the ability to communicate. And, and I would also say um, that really having our systems in place was really important. Uh, so that even looks like what is your onboarding document look like where everyone's onboarded in a really co consistent and cohesive way and then really establishing um, what are your communication channels so that you can have a really easy way of communicating in an organized manner? So we use Slack in this instance. Um, and then also for project management, we use a platform called Asana to organize all of the various deliverables and, and, and tracking all the process um, and, and dependencies um, so that it really enabled us to be an incredibly efficient team. Um, and then we also used uh, Google Drive to organize and, and had organized folders. And as part of the onboarding document, really teaching the team on how to organize their files and, and how to be really thoughtful to one another as a team to fully be able to communicate with one another at any given time where the project's at, here, where the file's at, and so that the team member can actually do um, what they're best at doing. Well, it sounds like you're very organized, which is great. <laughs> that's, that's always half of the battle when you're in a startup because you're doing so many different things. Yes. Um, we are unfortunately just about out of time, but I wanted to make sure you're able to share with the audience uh, information about your company, how they can find you, where they can learn more about Cyclable and, um, and potentially become a client. Yeah, sure. Um, so access to cyclable.com is free to users and also to practitioners. So we encourage um, anyone to go on to on our site to create a profile and to learn more. You can visit us at cyclable.com and that's P-S-Y-C-H-A-B-L-E.com or follow us on social media at cyclable.com and that's spelled out in its entirety. So that's that's where wow. you can find us. Thank you. Well, we wish you the best of luck. I know you're going to crush it out there. And it's uh, so needed to have alternative strategies for a lot of people who are struggling, especially over this past year with everything that's been going on. So best of luck. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Fernanda, for this incredible opportunity. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. 
Well, tune in next week for more Startup Hacks. We have another great show you won't want to miss on the secret female founder strategies that will save you time and money when building your business. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital do-it-yourself startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Fernanda Kirapina, and we will see you next week.